Welcome to the Scale Up Call, the show dedicated to helping you create a profitable and freedom-based online business. I'm your host, Carla Biesinger, and today I'm having a conversation with Jamie Fay, who is a high-vibe business and relationship coach for feminine leaders. Jamie has coached more than 500 heart-centered women to live spiritually aligned, loveful, and financially abundant lives by living, serving, and leading consciously, fearlessly, and authentically. This interview is part of this series, Shattering Your Own Glass Ceiling, in which I'm interviewing leading entrepreneurs, both male and female, to find out why female entrepreneurs are charging making and receiving less money in their businesses than male entrepreneurs. We're going to be talking about mindset, limiting beliefs, sales, and a lot of other things that are keeping women stuck and keeping them from this receiving the kind of money they desire and deserve. So um, do you want to just tell me a little bit about your origins and your journey of becoming um, a coach and a leading entrepreneur? Sure. I love that. Um, so I started my journey like in my why as a musician, as a singer. Um, and I went to school actually for music, for jazz. And when that shifted and I no longer wanted to be helping people feel from that place, I moved into the music business, which was awesome and brought in a lot of my skills of like producing and big picture and just doing a lot of things and working with people. And I worked as a manager and a producer. And the story of how I got what I call the coaching bug is really because I was an artist manager. And when I moved to Israel, which is where I lived nine years ago, um, I managed an artist part-time, someone who had referred me and I was learning Hebrew and just like learning the language and creating my life here. And I, was introduced to this person and he was so talented and he had his own a whole life and family and two children at the time. And, <clears throat> but he had so much talent and was such a good songwriter. I was like, I want to help you. Yeah, I can a few hours a week, you know, coach you strategically, etc. And the story goes that I was one day sitting in his, his kitchen in another city in Israel. And all of a sudden had this like moment of, disbelief and kind of shock when I realized that everything he had told me was not really what he wanted. Wow. And I was sitting there, I'm like, I'm, this was <clears throat> nine, more than nine years ago. I'm 24, 25. And I'm like, you know, I've got five years of really amazing experience under my belt from New York, from working under an incredible producer and manager. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? Everything he's so it's not what he wants. He's doing this for the wrong reasons. All these things are just coming up for me, right? Like my intuition, my knowing, my observation of getting to know this person in front of me. And um, I actually just like took a couple of weeks to think about it. I didn't know, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. And then I came back to him and we met again. I was like, I'm gonna come back. Like we used to meet online and on the phone and then I'd come in person a couple times a month. I was like, I'm coming back like really soon. And we sat again and I just asked him a bunch of questions and helped him get to this like, realization that what he was doing was only half what he wanted and partially out of like obligation, partially out of what he felt he owed to people who had helped him. Yeah. 
And for me, that's when I feel I got, it, it clicked with me because I already knew who Tony Robbins was and I already knew what coaching was. But I was like, this must be what life coaching is like. like th this is cool. And I got very excited, like very excited and helped him. And then I actually brought him um, um, to my former like boss, my my former employer and she made an album with him and years later he just got signed to an indie label in the UK and like it's just his dreams wow, it's a, it's a 50 year old man that's amazing like and it wasn't you know necessarily because of me I'm just saying that I saw in him the potential I knew he really had something special and that journey of my own journey of of through my own authenticity, my own journey, which I'm happy to share about if you want to know, but of seeing him and seeing the disconnect and seeing the dissonance between what he was saying and pursuing and what he really wanted. And that's what brought me to coaching. Yeah, I love that. So that was roughly five years ago. That was nine years ago. Nine years ago. Okay, wow. And since kind of going on that journey, or maybe already before, was there ever a time that you struggled to earn money in your business or to charge higher prices? Many times. Many times. Um, when I first started, my first clients were one woman I met on the bus coming home from work. And one woman... <laughs> Um, the, the mother of, of, a, of a teenage boy that I employed who used to hang wow. flyers for me in my English teaching business. Um, and so with them, one, like I charged almost nothing. I wasn't even a coach yet. And then I did my coaching training, continued with them. So times where I, yeah. Well, one, I live in Israel where we have a different currency where people make um, less money. And if you don't work in high tech, you really don't make a good living. It's very difficult to live, especially in Tel Aviv. It's literally impossible to live in Tel Aviv on an average salary. You have to yeah, work. Yeah, it's really job. expensive. Yeah, you have to work in a job that's like beyond like the best jobs in the country to actually live here and even be able to save money or be able to travel. If not, people are working, um, they're living off their parents. Their parents are helping them. Um, so first, that was the first struggle where I was building a business, um, even having 12 weekly clients and still not really being able to have an abundant life. Yeah. Not, not so really. Can I, I jump in for a sec? Was that kind of like a feeling of, okay, I can't really charge higher prices because people here literally can't pay me higher prices? Yeah, exactly. And was that a belief you had or was that actually like, over time, did you find that that was actually true or that was just kind of a mindset um, thing that was keeping you kind of playing smaller? Mm -hmm. um, so it's all a mindset. All our money things are a mindset. Um, and when I had first envisioned having a coaching business, I had always envisioned online and I had always envisioned freedom. So I'd always envisioned I'm going to have clients online all over the world. I'm going to go and speak and then I'm going to, you know, have see people in person, but I'm going to see people online. And so when I was building my business here, yes, I was stuck in the market. That's what I call it. Like the market beliefs of this is the market that you live in and this is what you have to charge. And I was charging from the beginning the, a good price. Even then people were telling me it was expensive. Even then people were saying you charge more than, than my therapist 
I don't care. <laughs> I yeah. know that what I do is powerful. Take it or leave it. But I had a full practice, but still wasn't able to live abundantly, which was exactly what you were saying. I was really living in the, the mindset of the market itself. Yeah. And the, my experience with sales growing up really helped me in like talking about money. So I did have some skills for asking, but I also, right before I actually went into business for myself, was recommended a book called Women Don't Ask. Um, yeah, really good one. It's like the foundational one of looking at why, especially women, we have issues asking for what we're worth or talking about money and what we're taught in our childhood. And that was so eye-opening to me about how I felt about what I was worth, all my money stories. And of course, looking at what I learned from my parents, which is a huge part of my work with women is what did we learn? What do we want to shift? What do we want to reprogram? Because it's so much starts when we're little. Are we paid for yeah. chores? Um, are we taught to negotiate our salaries? Or are we just taught that's what they're offering? Take it. Yeah. They're, you, can't, you can't negotiate. So what were some of your specific mindset shifts or beliefs that you had to shift um, in order to start charging higher prices? Sure. So the first one is I live in this market and this is the, what people are used to and what they can afford. Um, so I had to shift that to what I was doing for a while was I had two pricings. I had an international pricing that my clients online were paying, which I was very comfortable with and which was about the average of what people who, with my, my training charge. That's how I got those numbers. Um, again, a market, but that's how I, I received those numbers first and charging people here in Israeli, in Israeli price. Um, and the first thing that happened was my, my coach said to me, so, but you keep telling me you want to build an online business, right? So what is this? Why do you have these in person? Because these where the people came from. They people who know me, they met me in an event. They come to my workshops. They're my clients. So one of the biggest shifts was having more than one pricing doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, that doesn't, that's not to poo poo anyone who wants to like have a sliding scale or adjust your pricing. If you want to, you can always do that. It's your business. Um, but really knowing what your, what your pricing is, what is the ceiling? What's the bottom that you're comfortable receiving and what really is the sweet spot for you right now? And of course, like, you know, it changes our pricing yeah. changes all the time. We can't even predict when it will happen. So the big part mindset and the beliefs in that was that allowing other people's limitations to, to be mine, meaning that I believe it's our, um, it's our duty as a coach is to see the person's potential, to see where they can go and what's possible for them, not to get sucked into their story that they don't have that money, which they can create. Yeah. or their husband or their boyfriend or their parents would never approve of them spending that much money, or um, that's more money than they've ever spent on anything ever before. So when it's really about, I don't let myself get sucked in. So even today when my prices are much higher and much more expensive and it's, yeah, it's a big investment in your life to, to, to do coaching. But if someone says to me, that's a lot of money, it is. Yeah. It is a lot of money. I have, I have total empathy and understanding for what they say, but then I stay with them in it. I go yeah. into the resistance. I'm not afraid of their limitations. And that inspires them to no longer be afraid of them also. I love that. That's so powerful. 
That's really cool. And it's true. Like in, you know, I, I invested in a $25,000 coaching package at the end of 2018. And it was the scariest decision I've ever made in my life, but it completely transformed my business completely. And it transformed me as a person. So I think there's, it's really the transformation that you provide that has no price tag. Nope. And there's so much with what we're, how we choose our pricing and, and what we're giving is not hourly. It's so much more than that. It's so important for women also to stop breaking it down. And what you said is, is so huge. When we make that investment in ourselves, I'll give an example. When I invested for the first time with my current coach, I sent her all the money in my bank account, all the money. Yeah. And the reason I did that and I had faith was because I had clients and I knew how to make, I knew how to create clients and more were coming and people were making payments and I was like, it's okay. It's going to fill up again. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. here you go. <laughs> and I say this a lot when I talk about prosperity and wealth creation is like, you can create from zero just because you have zero or even minus, which for many years, I did. And we talk about also entrepreneurs and debt and how it's normal for us to have debt and to reinvest in ourselves is that you can create from nothing. You don't have to have something to create something. And even if that yeah. comes to investing in your own yoga studio or investing something that you actually need or investing in coaching is don't let the story of that you have nothing mean you can't, you'll always have nothing. Like you can yeah. create something from nothing. Absolutely. And I do believe, and I struggled with that in the beginning, you know, because I also was charging lower prices, but it's really when I started seeing, okay, the more I charge, the more people are invested, the more they show up, the more better results they receive. Yes. The more they show up and the biggest investment that they make, the biggest, you're already coaching them, right? The power you were talking about before. So many people run away as coaches, as self or marketers, or I work, you know, we work with lots of self-employed service oriented people. You don't have to just be a coach. You run away when people say no, or you run away when people say it's too expensive or I can't afford that. And you just say, no, okay. Yeah. It's the start of the process. I believe you're only half, you're like, it's the middle of the process of enrolling someone is when they say no which I now don't hear. So it doesn't even, goes in yeah. one ear with the other. It's not real because I know it's not real because the way I work, I, I work with someone for so long before I even propose to them, before we're even talking about really committing to working together for six months or more. So it's not, you know, a snap decision. So if they're with it and they're, I want this, I want this, and I can feel that they want it and I feel that I want it. Yeah. When they say, no, I know it's not real. But so many yeah, it's a yeah, it's a fear that comes up. And then you basically, by just letting them off the hook, you're doing them a disservice because you know you can help them. And you're just, you're not, maybe you have a fear of coming across as pushy or salesy. And so you're just like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But then they are left stuck where, where they were before. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that selling is... I have never felt bad about selling and I've been selling since I'm like 12 for my family. I'm, everyone in my family has their own business, but I've never felt it was a bad thing. I've always felt it was connection. 
I've always felt it was connecting with the person and seeing if what you have to offer them would benefit them. And if it's not, don't offer it. They don't buy it if it's not going to benefit them. And I really see selling as a sharing, like you're sharing and you're serving boldly. And that results in you getting to create the life you want to create when you're serving boldly and you're sharing doesn't have to be from that same person that you're receiving wealth, but in general, your bank account starts to reflect the amount that you serve, the amount that you show up for people. So I've recently found a study that shared that female entrepreneurs are charging or making 28% less than their male colleagues. Does that surprise you at all? I would think it'd be more, a bigger gap. I'm glad. And why is that? <laughs> <laughs> really glad that it's only 20%. Why, why, am I, why would I think it'd be more? Yeah. Because I'm not a man hater. I teach leadership, right? I teach feminine leadership. So everything I'm saying is talking to the wounded, right? Not talking to the integrated man or the integrated woman. But often men who are not integrated are... Um, arrogant and arrogant in the way and and not confident meaning they are you know can think that like hmm, how do i say this one their their self-worth is higher because they're paid earlier in life okay so they're paid for mowing the lawn more often than a girl is paid for doing the dishes or helping her mom with the laundry or gardening so he already has a higher perception of what his work is worth. And that's proven in a lot of studies, even in high tech, that often men ask for raises or get paid more and actually have lower productivity. They're less good workers. Sorry, it's just, it's proven. than the women who work so hard, but then say, okay, I can't ask for a raise. They said, I can only ask for a raise once a year. So I can't ask now, even though what I did was just so beyond um, what I'm asked to do. And I know I deserve it. So it surprises me because women have overall lower views of themselves um, because they're taught to be small, because they're taught not to be bold. Some people are even told they're too happy. They shouldn't laugh so much Um, or they're too loud or they shouldn't brag. They shouldn't boast. And men really aren't told that. Boys aren't told from what I know, aren't told, don't say you're good at that. It's rude. To girls, it's be good. Don't be rude. Don't brag about your your test score. Don't brag about that beautiful thing you did for that person. Be quiet. And so overall, that just creates this small. Like you said, it just overall creates this inability to outwardly say that we're good at something. Yeah. And for us coaches, if we're saying we're good at this, but we don't have to just say it. We prove it by coaching people. Right. But men can really be like, I'm just good at this. Yeah. It's really interesting. I'm finding that especially now in, you know, times of Corona, a lot of my clients were telling me that they are feeling bad for putting out offers and they're feeling bad for asking for money right now when people are struggling. So it's that I find with a lot of my clients, it's that, you know, just wanting to give and wanting to nurture and wanting to share and wanting for others to feel good and to be well, but it's kind of at the expense of their own wellness at the end of the day. 
because you can only give so much free stuff if you're running a business. Yeah. And part, I think part of our business models these days is we give so much free content, right? Like your Instagram is full of incredible ideas and insights and sharings and personal sharings. And if someone could inspire their whole life just by going through your Instagram. So you're already giving and we're already giving so much and it goes back to not empowering people to be creative. And what also I think as, as I have been sharing and I think we need to share is our successes. Yeah. In March, three or four, four women signed up for my, to work with me six, for six months in my Feminine Leadership Academy, um, paid thousands of euros each in deposits. Um, in April also another two April's not over um, you know so people are still paying people are still showing up people are still investing in themselves and I would be lying if I didn't say that every single one of them said something about the money mm. but also you know if people are coming to you right now like people probably need you more than ever right now because of everything that's going on so if you were withholding your offers because you didn't want to, you know, take advantage of the situation or come across as if you were, again, you're leaving these people stuck. Yeah. And if we're always looking for ways to serve, if that is our mantra, how do I serve? How can I serve this person? If you're being really connected and aligned and you're listening to your higher, highest self, then she's going to tell you, offer your services. It's only yeah. going to be that you're not listening to her, that you're going with your own fear of being pushy or salesy or um, that people feel you're taking advantage of them. I can share another feedback that I get from people a lot, which is, well, two things. One is even, not, even before Corona time, um, Wow, Jamie, like, I didn't, I didn't think I'd ever, wow, do something like this. But wow, I feel so good that I'm, I'm making this investment. And it, it kind of feels now that like, I have to make the change. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the showing up. Totally. And the other thing that people say, and now also is, thank you for talking to me about the money like this really, what do you mean? And I always ask, what do you mean? Because I want to know what they mean. Well, just like, I feel it was so great that you were able to talk to me about what I'm not able to do and what I think and to, to, to help me wrap my, ma my mind around how to do it, yeah. how to create it or how to make it feel good for me. And you didn't just say, okay, no, so you can't do it. You can't do it. You, they, it's, it's, it's actually the opposite of feeling abandoned. Yeah. Like they're saying you didn't abandon me. Can we talk a little bit about confidence and kind of the correlation between feeling confident, feeling confident about your offer and charging higher prices? Yeah. Like which one comes first? It's kind of like a chicken and egg situation. It is. In general, I like to live by the mantra that says action yields confidence. Yeah. That we can't get good at something if we don't take action. And we won't feel we're good at it if we don't do it and see the results. So like I said before, 
and I'm sure you and every, a lot of people watching, we, our pricing is evolves, right? Like what's the right price? So if you have a price and you say, you know what? I'm comfortable with this right now. I might only be comfortable with this for a month. In a month, I might change my mind. I have had times that that has happened. Okay, first 10 people to sign up, this is the price, but I know it's going to change after that. Yeah. That's okay. You can always change your mind. Um, and we can also talk if you want to also changing people and their pricing and what they pay you. I have multiple times increased my pricing with current clients as their packages end, increasing their mm. prices. So that's another thing of how to do that and how that feels. Um, so... Yeah, should we dive into that just a little bit? Yeah, we can. But what was your question again? <laughs> confidence and pricing. Confidence and pricing. Yeah. yeah. So action yields confidence. So choosing a price, and I have a pricing med meditation that I like that can really be helpful to like figure out what your price is intuitively um, and then to go with that. And once you start taking that action, you might feel like a client told me today, she offered someone something and then she looked at it and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, is that going to make you feel bad in a month? Are you going to not feel good about that? And she's like, yeah, it's not, it's really too cheap. And okay, well, let's look at that. And we can also offer because you offered it and no, tell them already that the next package is not going to be that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to take action and feel out and decide one client at a time. If you decide after your first two clients or your next two clients, you don't feel comfortable with that price because what you're giving as a whole, as a package is so much more valuable than that, then change your mind. So that's one thing about confidence. You can change your mind and that's okay. And that's normal. Entrepreneurs change. We change our minds all the time about everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> everything. Um, and our, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be scared when we're going to say a price because it's weird for us. We just need to practice. We need to practice saying our price, walk around your house saying what the package is. It's three months and it includes this and it's this. And in order to hold your spot, in order to, to do this, this is what you need to do. People want you, want you to tell them what they need to do. That's another thing about confidence. Often if you feel you're going to be pushy, you need to ask yourself, Will this person know? Will the person know what to do if I don't tell them? Will they know how they can work with me? How, will they know how to continue this if I don't tell them? The answer is no, always. Like they're not mind readers. Yeah. Um, so I think that the confidence is steps, like baby steps and practice. Like that's your action, practice talking about it yourself in the mirror practice doing things that help maybe you do tapping or um something that helps you feel calm before and soothe yourself while you're doing it notice your breathing i'm a great really good no one can see great anxiety technique just holding your left thumb with your right hand in your lap like really just centering yourself that it's okay it's okay it's okay to offer it's gonna be okay and really part of your confidence is having non-attachment to the answer. That's kind of the point of when I hear no, I don't really hear it. Eventually that's what it became because it's, I know it's not about me. I know it's not about me or who I am or my coaching. It's about this person and that they want something, but they're scared to give it to themselves, right? Yeah. They're scared to show up. They're scared to invest. They're scared about the amount of money. Fine. That's all valid. It's nothing to do with us. And I think so much as, as coaches and I'm human and I'm very sensitive ultra sensitive person. So it's not like I never feel hurt um, by my clients or, or something because I'm human, but 
if we make it so much about us, that really hurts our confidence. Like it's much more about the service and the work that we're giving and having a little bit of separation. This is what I'm offering. And, you know, do you want it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want it? It's just so simple. Do you want it? <laughs> and I guess, you know, as we, as we take on clients and we see that, we can help them that again feeds our confidence and so that's kind of how we built like i have a friend she's just starting out as a health coach and she told me that she's just taken on a few clients for free for a few sessions with the pot potential of um taking them on as paying clients and i think that's such a great way to get started because often you need that confidence to actually be like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I know how I'm learning how to coach someone. Totally. I did that. I took in my first round of clients, three or four women who wanted so badly out of like the 10 who wanted so badly to, to work with me. And I offered them to work with me an entire package for free. And they were all like, oh my, really? What? Are you sure? yes, I'm sure I want to work with you and I'm not going to let money get in the way. And it was, it was for my intention that I wanted to fill my practice. Yeah. It was fill it no matter what. Fill it, fill it, fill it with people that you love to coach and do it. And, and you know, there's also, I have a lot of women, like you were saying before, saying, well, it's not a good time and people don't have money. So do you want to take a pro bono client? Do it. Why not? Like, that's so great. You want to do yeah. that? Make sure you take someone who wants it so badly that if they had the money, they'd pay you. Yeah. Because or else it's going to not be a very good experience. Yeah. So what, if any, inner work have you done personally to make an income jump? I think one of the, the biggest overarching mindset things is that I believe I'm the creator of everything. So in like mid March, when Corona was already really like a thing and things were started, people were starting to get scared and all of that. Anytime that a thought came into my mind, wow, is this going to like prevent the fact that I am in a very big enrollment place right now? Um, and I'm usually not, I haven't been in this kind of place in years where I'm just bringing in all, all new people. Mm -hmm. Um, and every, the less than five times that that thought came in my head, I just said, I'm just going to keep serving. So one of the biggest things is the mindset of your serve, you create, you, you give a service and that is your duty. Mm -hmm. So you keep serving for some people. It looks certain way for some people it looks another way for some people. It's having just one conversation with someone for someone it's proposing to them. So service is what I do, and I'm not going to stop doing that no matter what anyone says. So that's one of the main things is just I want to serve. And how can I serve? Who can I serve? How, what am I going to do to serve people? That's the main one. And that really trickles into wealth creation, but also like that I can create any amount of money I want. 
So when it comes to making an income jump, the other big thing is deciding where you want the money to go. So a lot of people are like, well, it would be great to make X, you know, it'd be great to make 5,000 euros, it would be great to make 10,000 euros, it would be great. But where's that money going to go? So the difference in the time and attention that we put to what we want the money for. So our needs and our desires and looking at them and saying, okay, so if I want to make this, I need this money and I want this money for the next three months, that means I need to make this much in this month and this much in this month and this much in this month. And then look at how you're going to do that. Who are you going to serve? I think. Yeah. And in a deeper level, my inner work has been, it has been extreme because I was an overspender. Um, I'm constantly in debt. Um, I had a really bad relationship with money. So I actually spent years like working on my relationship with, with money. Um, my, what changed really is like from zero, if I don't have money, I know I can create it. So if I take money and I put it somewhere, cause I know I'm reinvesting or I'm putting it away and I'm saving it. I know that, that I don't need to be paralyzed. What used to happen is I would become paralyzed, right? Like, well, I'm, I'm freaking out because I don't have any, or I owe money or I shouldn't have done that. Or I took too big of a risk and then becoming like, no, it's going to be just fine. Mm. It's cool. I know, I know how to make money because I know how to serve. And money comes from service. Um, I forgot who said it. There's a great quote that says, one is like Henry Ford um, about like happiness and wealth come from the same place. You can't go after them directly. Mm-hmm. Right. If you just like go after, that was definitely Henry Ford. If you go after, I need money, I need money, I need money, I need money. There's no creativity and there's no openness and there's no flow to how, how would you even do that? Um, so it's really, yeah, it's really important to, for me to just remember that I'm the creator and a current reality never has to influence my future reality, which is really counter counterintuitive, right? Because so many people say, well, this is the reality. This is the reality. This is Corona. Really? Like look back at your whole life and all the times that you've overcome something and what helped you overcome it? Was it being stuck in the reality and just reliving it and telling the stories and believing the things that you read or see in the news or that your family told you, or was it going into your own paradigm? Was it living in your own universe? Yeah. And I've never felt like I'm living in my own universe as much as I'm feeling it right now. In the beginning, I was watching the news. I was, you know, talking to people about what's happening and I felt myself feeling anxious and feeling scared. And at some point I just decided I'm not tuning into this anymore. And I completely stopped. And I, every time a thought of fear or a thought of, you know, lack um, appeared, I just decided I am choosing to think something else. And that's been incredibly powerful. So powerful because you get to choose each thought. It's, it's coming up for me a lot yesterday and today is what I'm going to share on Instagram soon. I don't know, in the next couple of days, which is I'm afraid to tell you that I'm not afraid. 
and I'm not afraid to say it because I say it, but I, but I think it, we need to say it even more. I'm sorry that, that you're going to attack me because I'm not afraid. Mm. Um, but I'm not. <laughs> I just don't operate that way. And when I used to operate from a very victimized place, my life was full of suffering. Yeah. So with each choice and each, you know, the people that flock to you, the people who are attracted to you and to me and to all the people who are doing beautiful light work in this world. Yeah. I haven't looked at the, I watched the news once. I haven't opened one article. I have a partner. I live with someone. So the important stuff, he just tells me. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't read it. No, not at all. I'm telling you all the truth. I have not researched. I have not Googled one time. Because I get enough from my city. I get enough from it, social media. I, I know it's whatever. I have a, a client who's a doctor. Uh, I talk to her. I don't need it. It's not going to help me. <sighs> the people creating that information don't live in the universe that I live in. Yeah. One more question Yeah. to round it up. I think most of us entrepreneurs, we become entrepreneurs because we want freedom. What does a freedom-based business look like to you? A freedom-based business to me would look like freedom from your, your own mind's limitations. So for me, it would look like travel, It would look like um, buying experiences or things that I want. Um, it would look like serving who I want, getting to choose who I want to serve, which is what it looks like. All of these things exist already in my reality, but that's, that's what it looks like. And behind that, those, those beliefs are... Yeah, the freedom to know that you can create whatever you want and trusting that and knowing that you alone and of course your small support network that can help you and your coaches, your good friends, your partners um, who really live in the same paradigm as you, which isn't always the case. Mm -hmm. Talk to the ones that do. <laughs> Let the other ones live in their own paradigm. Mm -hmm. um, it's just to know that And everything that limits you is in your mind. That's real freedom. And when you feel stuck and trapped or in prison in your mind or by your bank account, just know that's just your mind. That's not real. Yeah. Your freedom is here and that's it. And you have the power to create anything you want. Anything. Anything. Really. There are no limits. Thank you so much, Jamie. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I'm so grateful for your time. And uh, where can people find you? Thank you. Thank you first. And I look forward to talking more also and hearing more from you. Um, uh, best place, I guess, is to follow me on Instagram. Um, and you can end up at my website and definitely um, sign up for my free feminine leadership challenge. 
Um, that is a really great place, place to start through a 15-day challenge of tuning in with a lot of the things we just talked about. So in your confidence and your self-talk and your money mindset and your communication and your emotional processing, all the things it takes to be a leader, to be a female entrepreneur, um, all those aspects so that you can have the freedom of your mind. So it's a really amazing resource. Um, yeah, and you can find that all on my Instagram and come to my uh, weekly masterclasses. Awesome. So your Instagram is Jamie Faye Coaching. Yes, Jamie Faye Coaching. Perfect. We'll link to that and we'll link to your um, challenge as well. Amazing. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Meet you. So amazing. Thank you so much for listening, my friend. I hope you found this episode helpful and are excited to implement some of the things that we talked about. If you want to connect, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Carla Biesinger. That's C-A-R-L-A-B-I-E-S-I-N-G-E-R. -E and just send me a DM and say you're listening to the podcast and you just wanted to reach out. I'm excited to hear from you. Take care. See you in the next time.